episode 374. Thank you all for listening to episode 373, St. Patty's Day at Longwood U. I am Razor Ramon Chico. Here's my co-host. Hey, yo. The diamond stud, man. Texas Scott. With my Thank, thank you to Wes Anderson for my quarantine. Check him out on Facebook, Wes Anderson Music. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Songs by Wes. Thank you to All Work Clothing, the first sponsor of Over the Line Podcast. Mention Over the Line Podcast to Brandon. He will hook you up with that deal. Thank you to Crandall's Quality Landscaping. Give Sean a call, 419-704-5471. Serves the Toledo and surrounding areas and not Portland, Oregon. Thank you to Sparty Steve, the biggest financial supporter of the show. Thanks for all you do. And last but not least, Connell Barrett, datatransformation.com. You know what to do. Go to Amazon. Get the book, Dating Sucks, but you don't. Make sure you get that in a hard copy because everyone knows a soft copy is for soft people. And then go to datingtransformation.com and get that free consultation from Connell Barrett because you're single, you're listening to us, and you need it. All right. So um, we're doing a show today on Scott Hall. Who was, as we know, Razor Ramon, the Diamond Stud, Texas Scott, and American Starship Coyote, as, as Brandon alluded to in the last episode, uh, died about uh, last Monday. It's now Sunday when you're listening to this. Died in Marietta, Georgia. He was 63 years old, had hip surgery, had some complications, had three heart attacks, and uh, the family took him off life support. So he knew it was bad. And uh, so we lost Scott Hall. And we're going to talk a little bit about Scott Hall today. Uh, you know, got his start back in what was it, Cody? It was he was in NWA in the territories, wasn't he? AWA. Is that where it was? Yeah, up north, old Minnesota with Vern, Vern Gagne. Well, that's where he got he got bigger at, but he started in the NWA territories before that. Well, AWA was an NWA territory. Was it? But until he broke off. Until yeah, exactly. Until they broke off. So he was part of NWA Florida Territory Championship yeah. Wrestling from Florida and soon began a feud with Dusty Rhodes back in 84 when he first got started. Uh, he and Dan Spivey trained together in Florida and <clears throat> mainly under Rhodes, but also under our friend Mike Rotunda. You know who Mike Rotunda is, old Irwin R. Scheister. IRS action. Yep. And Barry Wyndham. He's daddy. He's, yep, yep. Went to AWA, as Cody said, and then uh, went to WWF in 87 and 90. Got a tryout in 87 and 90. Received another tryout at WWF Wrestling Challenge, taping in Fort Myers, Florida. He was defeated by Paul Roma, but was not signed by the company. Went to old WCW, and uh, he was brought into WCW by good old JR. Sign some talent. Part of the NWA's initiative to develop new young stars also included Brian Pillman and Sid Vicious. Three guys, three good guys right there that came in. And but WCW wasn't where it was or where you know it would eventually be, obviously. His television debut came on July 9th in, in WCW. He was pinned by the great Muda. And on the July 9th edition of WCW Pro, he faced Terry Funk and was defeated. His pay-per-view debut was at the Great American Bash, the glory days. 
He participated in the King of the Hill Battle Royal, and then he began jobbing regularly, losing to Great Muda, Mike Rotunda, Sid Vicious, Ron Simmons, Butch Reed. Final match was November 7th, defeated by Butch Reed at a house show. Went to some international promotions after that, and then he went to uh, went back to WCW in 91 and 92, and that's when he became, as Cody said earlier, the Diamond Stud. So similar persona to Rick Rude, both cocky vain, and invite attractive women from the audience into the ring. Who was his manager? Do you remember? Old uh, Diamond Dallas Page. And then, yeah. well, him and Oliver Humperdink. Mm-hmm. They all came out together. It was like a whole gang of them. And two strippers. The DDP knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kimberly and who? <laughs> and then, obviously, it was there for a little bit. And uh, final televised match was against Ron Campbell. So obviously he leaves there. Vince knows what to do with him, packages him as Razor Ramon. And uh, he was a Cuban-American bully from Miami. Vince and, uh, didn't know what to do with him. If anybody benefited more from Vince McMahon not having any pop culture knowledge, it was Scott Hall when he went to WWF. Because he, uh, he asked Vince McMahon if he had ever seen the movie Scarface. And Vince McMahon said no. So what you get is Diamond Stud wearing pastel colors. So, and that pastel colors. We're not to laugh at it. And uh, that, my friends, is when I realized that wrestling was not what it was. Uh, then you realize wrestling wasn't real. When you see the diamond stud go from WCW wearing black and silver to freaking WWF as Razor Ramon wearing uh, wearing church pants and an Easter shirt, Easter silk shirt. <sighs> All right, so I know Cody has a beef with a well not, not a really beef. razor it's not it's not a beef but your thoughts but you make a valid point so what did he ruin for people he ruined uh the actual heel that's what he ruined he ruined a heel in wrestling when he came in as razor ramon he was more of a bully but he was still a cool bully he had the gold chains he had the nice watch you know, he was slick talking, you know, everything else, um, you know, that came with the package, the clothes, the shoes. Uh, and, uh, you know, he essentially became the cool heel. Granted, this was also a time when the only heels really in the wrestling business were, uh, you know, what, foreign, like the foreign menace guys or essentially Ric Flair. You know, like, it was the Foreign Menace, Ric Flair, and the tag team that broke up and the guy that turned on his tag team partner. Like, those are pretty much the only heels you had back then. And, you know, Razor came along, he became the cool heel and ruined what it was to actually be a heel in professional wrestling ever since. So, over his time in, in uh, WWEF, 
back then. What uh, we talked about is his best matches are basically gimmick matches. You know, your ladder match. Uh, he had what? He had the ladder match. He had two ladder ten- matches with Shawn Michaels. And the um, and he had that that ten thousand dollar match with, with one two three, two, three kid. kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't he have the diaper match with him too, or whatever? Oh. Uh huh. So you could essentially say like Razor Ramon's best matches in WWF were with his buddies. Fun fact, right? Fun fact: If you didn't know this, um, Razor beat DiBiase in DiBiase's finally the final WWF match. Yeah, last match. Yep. So, which is also, you know, the best match with his buddies thing. You could almost use that for Shawn Michaels, too. But, you know, that's a whole nother thing for another day. When he get a new eye, we'll talk about that. <laughs> he got a new eye, remember? Uh, he'll, probably need, he'll need another one. That one will fall out of balance. Fine. When he gets his new eye recalibrated, we'll do it. <laughs> Jesus. What is his best match in WWF? The ladder matches? Yeah, absolutely. It's a WrestleMania match, absolutely. All right. And then, um, obviously... And there's, nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like, there's nothing wrong with no. that. Match is your best match. A lot of people probably have that. We have to go back and think. That was... It was a hell of a match. It ruined ladder matches forever. I mean, you had to get the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian to remake a ladder match. That... That did it, and that was what ninety four. It was a hell of a match. Yeah, that was ninety four. Yeah, it's a hell of a match. It was WrestleMania ten. Um, I mean, if you don't have, if you don't have Brett and Owen start that show, which was the second bat, that was the best wrestling match on that card. Um, I mean, that's hands down the best match. Everything that's what everybody talks about. So there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. And then, uh, obviously, there was that one time he got uh, knocked the fuck out by Psycho Sid. When Psycho Sid jumped through his pyro on Superstars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. I, like, I thought that was dope. I don't know. I don't think I know anything about that. Oh, man, it was dope. I can't remember what episode, what year. Um, It's got to be, like, right before he is a little bit before he leaves. Um, Try to find, yeah, I was about to say, if you remember, okay. find that and send it to us. I'd like to see that. All right, if, let me see if I can find if, it. If you can find it. But. All right. I'll hop on the Google machine. You you also got to think that, yeah, we get the whole, the whole heel thing and the match, the match thing, but, I mean, he literally was in the, probably the greatest, storyline in wrestling history the fact that the outsiders i mean it changed everything changed everything it was it was a hell of a storyline him and kevin nash that's what they did and he was the first one in everyone's gotta remember that he was the first one in till two weeks later when kevin nash came in and that was just yeah. was so smart at the time, you know, making people think that they work for WWF and WWF's invading WCW. Yeah, Bischoff, he was a genius. Mm-hmm. 
Does it mean Razor? He had been away long enough. Uh, he had been away from WCW long enough for people to, you know, not think that he would ever come back. Uh huh. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I think in my mind, that's kind of what makes a lot of him. And yeah, there's, you're not going to, I mean, you're going to find decent matches. You're not going to find a whole bunch of good matches. But I mean, he had good matches if you go back and watch them. But it, I don't think it was the match, Scott Hall or, Razor or whatever you want to call him. I just think it was more of that personality. The dude that was legitimately 6'5 with the good hair and the machismo, as they would say. I mean, he was, you say he's a cool hill, but he was. He was fucking cool. There's no doubt about it. And you got to think, too, after all that, that's still like 12 years after Scarface came out. Scarface was 1980. Him doing Diamond Stud in 92 and then Razor 91 or whatever, and then Razor in 92. I mean, we're talking 12 years after the fact of that. I'm not saying that movie's forgotten, but I'm saying at that point, people aren't thinking about it. Right, right. Same with The Crow. When he, he uh, told Sting, dress up like The Crow. Mm-hmm. I just think there's there's some things that there's some things there's there's a lot that he did but i mean you're not going to you're not going to sit here and remember some people but for him i mean it's hard to forget it's hard to forget right. like you know you're not going to forget scott hall i put it that way his legacy what he did like you can't forget that and unfortunately a lot of the later years were i shouldn't say later but a lot of the mid to later years were clouded by addiction and all of that and it sucks that i think that's what sucks most is that he got better and ddp got him through all that and to our knowledge he's been fine for the last four years right five years yeah yep and really he's been clean he's been clean he's been sober he's been you know he's been healthy like we've seen him all thing twice You've seen I other. It's just it's just shitty. Like it that I think that's the hard part is that you get a guy who dies because of shit on a on an operating table. I mean, it's it, strictly that's what happened. Yeah, he um yeah back in, in, two in all honesty, and I say this in the most, uh, it's going to come out bad, and I say it in the most respectful. He probably could have. I shouldn't say should have. He probably could have died 15 years ago. Yeah. In 2000, 2010, you know, after he got out of rehab, he had to get a defibrillator and pacemaker. I mean, 15? Who? Hell. When was uh, hell? He, who, who, he should have died in 98 with his drug use. Yeah. 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 You know, he, like when they brought the NWO back to WWE and he faced Stone Cold, you know, like that whole angle there. Like he probably he shouldn't have probably shouldn't have been around for that. Yep, that was always a tough one. You know, he, he had that, um, and then it, even after 2010, you know, when he got the defibrillator pacemaker, he had double pneumonia that year. He uh, started having epilepsy, had seizures, got epilepsy. Just crazy. He had a seizure in 2011, had low blood pressure, and then so the fact that he made it this long. 
just kind of crazy. Yeah. You just can't. And, and that's, that's, I think that's the hardest part is that you, when you see someone at least do and try to better themselves. And this is, I mean, he's, he was 63. That's, that's not old. That's not I mean, at all. That's the shitty part is that it's, that's not old. And, and it sucks. I mean, it's, that's the hard part, but if, if people look at it, it's just a lot of strain and stress he's put on himself all those years that I, unfortunately it came back. And I think that's probably, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm in no means any sort, but that's unfortunately probably what happened. I mean, this is after surgery and he had three heart attacks. I mean, it's. Yeah. He, he fell at his home, broke his hip. You know, he had a rip, hip replacement in the past. That was part of when he got with DDP in 2013, raised a bunch mm-hmm. of money and hip replacement was fine. This time though, you get older, man, hip replacement's no joke. 63, you know, all that stuff he put his body and he, through. And you got to think too. Yeah. With that, he's, he's 63 and getting a hip replacement at six, five. He's not getting yeah. a replacement at five, eight, five, nine, five, ten, like, you know, at an average ish sort of height. I mean, he's six, five. That's, that's a, that's a big frame. That's a big hip. That's a bigger hips than we have guaranteed. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, he had the hip replacement and then a, a blood clot was dislodged and he suffered the three heart attacks, mm-hmm. went on life support and just, man, two, didn't take long after that pulling off life support. Well, he, he fought. They, they said that they said it was six hours. So that's, that's pretty good. I mean, he was, it, it sounded like regardless, he wasn't going to make it through, but when you go off life support, I mean, he breathed on it. You know, he breathed on his own for six hours. There you go. I just found it. Here, see let me that. see if I might be able to try to, let me see if I can share the screen. That might be easier. Yeah. See if you can share it. That's just. Oh, like, here, hold on. Let me, uh, here. I got to give you, oh. I got to give you the ex- access here, buddy. Oh, oh, oh. Got to make him a co-host. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fighters in this world. And it sounds like in this part of the end, you know, he was one. So it sucks. You lose a good one a little too early. And somehow you still have druggies hanging around. (laughs) (laughs) We, we still don't know how. All right. Let me know if you guys can see it. Got, uh, it. got it. Yeah, I just got to move the move you fellas to another screen. Go ahead, let's do it. All right. Thank God, turn your sound up. Probably didn't share it with sound. Do we need sound or no? No. No. Okay. Yeah, YouTube. Oh, we can commentate it through. Throws so a toothpick. So I'll never forget this, man. I seen this, but I lost it. So you got Sid outside, Razor in the ring. When Pyro was, you know, in the ring. Wham! <laughs> Sid was an animal. 
he legitimately knock him out? Power bomb his chains off. Psycho Sid was my dad's favorite wrestler. That was my favorite. I, I was never a Sid guy. And here comes big old Kevin Nash. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that um the post he put on about the whole life support thing. Yeah, that was like I said, that was that was hard to read. Very emotional. Yeah, that's what I sent to you guys. Yeah, that had to be hard for Nash, and I know it's going to be hard for Triple H and Sean and, you know, the click. Definitely, uh, Walt, yeah, Waltman, yeah, he's been on Twitter about it. Um, yeah, and you saw Triple H, you know, he put one out. But uh, I haven't seen anything from HBK about it, but I don't know if well, he – Well, you know, he got to have a special type of keyboard. <laughs> one that – the keyboard that, like, spreads out that way. Yeah, he need one of those, yeah. They probably got to put the. Uh, Where's my P? Where's my P and L? I can't. I can't see it on this keyboard. Where? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Sean, look out your look out your left glass eye. Right. Jesus. Sean, so, look yeah. to your left. No, no, your other left. So, not much more we could say about uh, old Razor. Just wanted to give a quick episode about him. Sucks we lost. Man, him. How crazy would like everything have been if he? was like healthy, you know, and was working backstage with stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think he's one of those like Jake the Snake where he just has the mind for the business and would know what to do and could be a great producer, agent, whatever you want to call it. I agree with you 100%. Being being healthy and sober, he had great promos. He did good work in the ring. I mean, for the dude who's never won the title, uh, the you know, the title, the big title. Right, right. He's, honestly, he's probably the best to never win a heavyweight championship. Roddy the Piper. I think he's better. Both two guys right there, but, yeah, I would agree. It's tough, man, especially when he was Razor. If he would have – well – it was Sean's time. That's the problem. You know, they Razor was over Sean and then Sean was over Razor as time yeah. went on. That's like you said. I, I mean, they made, I think they made the right call. They made the right call and everything worked out, right? You got Sean to hold the title, which got you to Scott to hold WCW and do all that. And that just made the Attitude Era what it was and made literally the best part of wrestling for us as youngins and for Cody as a 25 plus year old man and <laughs> <laughs> to, to make wrestling for all of us. And that's what we have to appreciate. And that's the best part. I think, unfortunately we know with this business guys and gals die way too soon. And we've yep. seen it so many times. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, it's it, it's tough. That's it, a hard one. That's a hard one to uh, it's a hard one to witness there. But again, it's life, and it is what it is. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do, as he said. So, uh, just imagine what two thousand two would have been like if if he was 
he was healthy and clean. Oh, no shit. When they came back, yeah. Mm Could have been bigger. But I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad that he got uh, the time to get healthy. Like when he did his Hall of Fame speech, he looked great. You know, when he did that. He still looked good. He still looked good. He still looked good. Yeah. Five months ago, four months ago, three months ago. I mean, even last year's Hall of Fame speech in 21. Um, Look good with the NWO. And uh, it just is crazy, man. Things happen. And just congrats to him um, for getting in the Hall of Fame twice. One of a few people that got in there twice. And I'm just happy he got to turn his life around and get healthy. So, you know, you got to thank DDP for that, helping people. You know, I know Jake the Snake's in AEW, whatever, but that guy was peeing in trash mm-hmm. cans, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, each, DDP, man, that – one of the unsung heroes of he's, wrestling. He's doing it with uh, Buff Bagwell right now. Saving lives, man. DDP. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can go back and watch Scott Hall from what was it, like 09, 2010, when he was all fucked up in a match. And it could Juggalo be- wrestling. He did all that shit. Uh, it, was, it was hard to watch, but yeah, to get him signed up on all that. Yeah, I just saw the – I watched his documentary uh, earlier. That's a good one. Yeah, they showed uh, what happened in 2011. I mean, it's just oh, at the at the event. Yeah, yeah when he was, then, he was know, falling everywhere, and it was- yeah, oh yeah, that yeah up north or uh, the northeast or whatever in Maine. Mm-hmm. DDP yeah. picked him up at the airport in a wheelchair. I mean, it's just crazy how bad of shape he was, and then how better he got in 2014. That's what I don't think people realize is, you know, with old man Vince, after all that shit he saw people go through and guys go through, that's why, you know, they have, quote unquote, the drug testing. But if you notice that the difference between AEW and WWE, people are going to die over an AEW, the shit they're having them do. WWE is more relaxed now, not crazy like we're used to. And these people are probably going to live a while that are still wrestling. their money. But that's yeah. the thing. But that's the thing, WWE and AEW. Like WWE has made their money now. Exactly. That's why it I mean, doesn't think matter. Think of all the shit that they were doing. You know, back in the early or late nineties. You know, like that's why half of them dudes are getting drug tested now. Half of the wrestlers getting drug tested yeah. and going but, to rehab. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like the average yeah. lifespan of a wrestler back then was what late twenties. And uh, to be in their prime, you got guys out there in their forties now still looking good. AJ Styles, Edge, you know all these guys. Yeah. It, we wouldn't have seen, you well, know, just fifteen you gotta years ago. You got to look at their ring styles too, though. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, there's a lot of different factors. And AJ, I mean, well, and yeah, you put you put AJ into that. His ring style, he does have more high fire than an Edge per se, or like that. But also, right. AJ is he's. He's he not actually wrestle too. Drug or alcohol kind of guy. Right. Yeah. Which also rips your body apart. Yeah. Yeah. And then Edge yeah. taking the sabbatical for, you know, because he couldn't wrestle for years. Same well, that was a neck. neck. Yeah. That had nothing to do with yeah. yeah. That was just right. his neck. I mean, you oh, see that's it. what I'm saying, though. He got to take the break. And because who knows how it would have been if he wasn't hurt? You know, he probably wouldn't well, be in the shape he's well, in now. Grandpa fucking Steve. I mean, shit. Right. Jump. Yeah. Hell, he didn't God break damn. his neck till Seth Rollins broke it for him. Right. You know, I mean, Sting wasn't a high flyer, but Sting also had a pill problem at one point, too. Yes, he did. You know, I mean, like, yeah, you got to look at those dudes in that era, man. Like, a lot of those guys from that early, that early 90s, you know, just that decade, really, that decade in the 90s when, you know, like they said, like, if you, there were no guaranteed contracts, 
if you didn't wrestle, you didn't get paid, you know? So you're out here, you know, you're out there basically wrestling five, six nights a week. And then you're driving to the next town in the middle of the night or staying at a hotel to drive first thing in the morning to the next town. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's different now. Losing their spot and everything. Like right. They would always say. Yeah. I mean, hell, back then, you know, like you got guys like Shawn Michaels and, and hell, even Razor Ramon, like even at his heyday. You know, like even he said, like, if he wouldn't have been on the road that much, he would have never made, you know, yeah, he made six figures that year, but it wasn't even guaranteed from one year to the next. So you had to stay out there. And then you got to remember what even started his addiction in the first place when, you know, when he had to kill that guy in self-defense when he was a bouncer. Right. Yeah, it's. It's unfortunate, um, and like I said, it's hard. That's that's what you got to say about it. It just is. But yeah, you hate to say it. It's life, and shit happens. We all have to go through it. We all have to deal with it. Some people more, some people less. Yeah, I mean, I guess in a way, we gotta we gotta like shadow thank Eric Bischoff for remotely turning WCW around to make Vince want to give dudes guaranteed contracts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows who all we would have lost. Probably more. I, I bet, to be yeah. honest, I bet Stone Cold would have been one of them. He was on that same thing. Yeah. But those yeah. same issues. He yeah. I mean, they all were. Issues. I mean. And now we got, you know, I know we're going to end with Stone Cold, but um, Dub's going to mark out like a little schoolboy when Stone Cold comes out and has a street fight or unsanctioned oh, match with Kevin right. Owens. Oh, drunk Uncle Steve again, fighting but, for no reason. But um, yeah, I mean, they got to they got to sell this too. But yep, yeah. and they are and, shockingly, uh, shockingly, Logan Paul isn't going to sell this WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> what Logan Paul, Logan Paul? Logan Paul. I mean, they're already taunting it that he's going to turn on Miz and all that shit so just crazy um, and uh, <laughs> dub and then and the uh, two guys that are so Cleveland that where they're from originally they wouldn't be caught dead in Cleveland <laughs> right he basically they both both basically said that um, yeah the you know he said you know what winners do they get out of Cleveland all right <laughs> what Miz said on Monday the uh so real quick, Mississippi um, is our state of the episode. State is named after the Mississippi River. So river came first. Word, the native word for the river uh, coined by the Ojibwa tribe is Mississippi. So that's what it means, which means big river. So that's what we got. Man, they really, they really yeah, got they nailed it. Named after Jackson, the capital of Mississippi, named after General Andrew Jackson in honor of his victory at the Battle of New Orleans. Root beer was invented in Biloxi. If you uh, haven't seen a movie, Biloxi Blues is a great one. Uh, and it was the Barks Root Beer Company. It was Edward Adolph Bark Sr. of Biloxi Artisan Bottling Works. And the Barks Root Beer Company is now owned by Coca-Cola. Blues music was born in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, University of Mississippi, home to the Marijuana Research Project. Federally funded center devoted to growing cannabis and investigating the plant's medical efforts. Just this March... The National Institute for Health earmarked six sixty-eight point eight million for the center's efforts. 
uh, has more churches per capita than any other state. 63% of the state's land is covered in forest. 19 and a half million acres. Uh, 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery in 1865, was not ratified by Mississippi until 2013. That's about right. Mm-hmm. The teddy bear originated in Mississippi when President Teddy Roosevelt refused to kill a trap bear during a hunting trip near Mississippi in 1902. A Brooklyn candy shop owner saw a political cartoon depicting Roosevelt and the bear and was inspired to create a stuffed animal that he called the teddy bear. Uh, Late 80s and 90s drama series In the Heat of the Night, based on the film book of the same title, was set in a fictionalized town of Sparta, Mississippi. There is a real Sparta, but the television show was filmed in Louisiana and Covington, Georgia. Coca-Cola was invented in Atlanta, but it was only sold as a fountain drink for nearly 30 years. And the first bottled drink of this was in 1894 at a plant in Vicksburg, Mississippi. That's when they put the real Coke in it too, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark Twain had a literary love affair with the Mississippi River and wrote about it often. Adventures of Huck Finn. Huck Finn? And no one seems to know the origin of using the word Mississippi to count seconds. And even people outside the U.S. were taught to use the state's name. I was taught one Mississippi, etc., even in England. So thank you, Mississippi. All right. Now we said we were going to play this. Um, I'm going to share the sound. You got it? I got it. Well, perfect, because I had it too. So we're good. All right. With old coach. On. Here we go. If you can hear it, just throw a thumbs up. But you know what I did? I took Deborah, went to the liquor store. I loaded up with alcohol. That's what got him in trouble. More specifically, vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. Because I wasn't just going to sit around for a couple of hours in Jonesboro. I was going to drink all night long. So now, that's right. What I did? What? So find the do the do the one beer, two beer one. All right. So Stone Cold one that was really good. Stone Cold one beer, two beer. That's what got him in trouble. That one right there. Yep. (laughs) You hear it? Do you want Y2J or do you want Booker T? So while I was trying to make that decision. I drove over to the Sonic Drive-In, ordered a jalapeno burger, a chicken fried steak sandwich, a chili cheese dog with extra onions, french fries, tater tots, washed it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? <laughs> so good, man. So good. Uh, you got to love Stone Cold. I think it all started with a voicemail. What? A voicemail. What? A voice message. What? What? <laughs> That's right on the pad. So, 
Uh, just Stone Cold Classic. We're going to get him back. Dub's going to mark out. I hope I can watch it with Dub when that happens. I think he froze and finally died. So he's not here anymore, just like Scott Hall. R.I.P. Scott Hall. Oh, Jesus. Dub's still with us, though. Just not on the computer. Too so thank, thank you to Wes Anderson for my quarantine. Thank you to all our clothing, Crandall's Quality Landscaping, CounterBarrettDatingTransformation.com, and Sparty Steve. As we said many times already, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. As always, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. One last time, say goodnight. Bad guy. Rest in peace, Razor. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Oh,